Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, an interview with Jerry. Notch learns to say Vanny. And we get a Roman history lesson from Sari. Ah. Uh. Boy, howdy, y'all. We've got a great episode today. First up, we've got an interview with Minnesota United's Jerry Tiesan, which we're really, really, really excited to share with you. Guys, we sat with Jerry for an hour, pretty much, talking to him. We recorded an hour. Let, let's minutes. not even lie. We stared deeply into his <laughs> eyes and just, you know, we, we basically just let him talk, and it was so pleasant. And yeah. then after 45 minutes of him, like, not... Realizing we're all responding, just staring at him, he just got up and left. Yeah. And was like, oh, and hey then, guys, bye. Then we broke out of the trance. Well, that's the first stop in this long, long episode. We thought we'd give you the rest of our jokes and reviews from the, you know, the rest of the world's soccer, because that's what you come to us for. You don't come to us to listen to Jerry. Who am I kidding? Half the people who are going to listen to this episode are just here for Jerry. So you can turn off the episode after the first hour. Just do me a favor. After you turn it off, tell your friends <laughs> to listen to this podcast as well, because we really do try to get as many people listening to We Call It Soccer as we can. But as I mentioned, after we talk to Jerry, we've got everything else that we normally do on a weekly basis coming up. MLS, EPL, Bundesliga, etc., etc., etc. Now it's time to move into a segment that we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about our loons, Minnesota United FC. And this week, we're not actually talking about loons, we're talking to a loon. Jerome Tiasan, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been an exciting home uh, first season. I have to say, I was after the last home game. I just kind of sat down on the capo stand for a little while and just took in how different things were last year before this one. You know, we were at this. You've been to Nessie, obviously. You trained there, and we used to play over there. And now we're playing in this gigantic stadium. Uh, we've got players like you coming and playing for us. It's so cool. It's it's such an amazing experience for the Basla year. Yeah, I can only imagine what that what that has to be for you guys. I mean, I train at NSC. I can imagine that the atmosphere there was amazing as well. But I can't tell from my own experience. But I can't tell from my own experience how it was this year at TCF. That was just, yeah, a thing makes everybody sad. It's over for 2017. And And the listeners, you can't see this, but as you start talking about the atmosphere at TCF, you start smiling. Yeah. So like, as, as, you know, that's the same way with me. I can't help but smile when I when I think about things. Yeah, and kind of last year we were at Nessie. Last year you we were at uh, Lutzen. Am I saying yes. right? Okay. Yes. Yes. That's the correct yes. pronunciation. Yes. Yes. Please feel free. I recognize yes. the word. So yeah, okay, yes. good. <laughs> we, are, we are legendary for bad pronunciation. Okay, before we get to the question, actually, you got to help us with something's going to come up later. You have a fellow countryman at Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> I I call him Jamiroquai because I I'm having trouble <laughs> with the name. How do you say his name properly? Okay, actually he has um, his roots in another country than Switzerland, which okay. is I think Macedonia, if I'm right. Something like that. Yeah. And um, so I'm per- perhaps not even the right person to ask <laughs> that, but in Switzerland we all call him Jemaili. Okay. Okay. Jamaili. Yes. All right. We got. We got it. We got it. Official. I'm gonna just every time can, I have to say it. I'm just gonna play a sound clip. Of Jerry saying can it. I still call yes. him Jamir Twy? I like that joke a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to picture him with a big fuzzy hat playing. Yes. 
Anyway, uh, so you're back to Lutzerin, right? Yes, right. I'm not. I'm saying the city, not some other mm-hmm. terrible word in French. Um, so when did you know you were going to leave Lutzerin, and uh, when did you know uh, you're coming to America? Were there any other options you were pursuing, or was it always like MLS is where I want to go? Okay, as a young Swiss kid playing soccer, I have to be honest, like the dream is always to, to go and play abroad once mm-hmm. because the Swiss league is just not the best uh, in Europe and anywhere. And uh, as a Swiss boy, you dream about Premier League, Spain, France, this stuff. Um, and not necessarily to the, uh, to, you don't think <laughs> about the MLS. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the MLS came up... Um, um, got recognition more and more. I say like the last five years, player began to to go and play there. Like also big players like Barnetta has been here, a Swiss national player. Uh, Adrian Winter has been here and uh, some others. I don't even know everybody. So we got more and more aware aware of it and also heard very good things. And yeah, I mean big names like Kaka and all the other DPs help, of course. Yeah, right. And yeah, so I I was 29. Um, my contract at Luzerne was going to expire in half a year. So that's like the time as a soccer player, you you start to get concerned and look uh, what's going uh, on in the future. And yeah, I had to be honest with myself, like Premier League or, or Primera División will be difficult with my record, with uh, what kind of player I am. So I started looking around. I was interested also in the second Bundesliga. And yeah, eventually MLS came up. And of course, it's like a first division. It's, um, I wanted absolutely a change. I didn't want to stay in Switzerland where we have 10 teams, where I knew like everything after 10 years. I knew <laughs> every, every gear guy, every coach, every referee, you know. It's, it, changing the club in Switzerland would have just been like... Same pasta, but with another sauce. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. So you want like, a change yeah. of scenery. I wanted, and... I wanted a change, and um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't really find a bigger change than, than coming <laughs> to the MLS um, over the ocean. Way, way bigger country and league. Yeah. And also <laughs> coming into an expansion club, um, you know, a team that was, you know, very, very different from even 2016. Um, what was what was that experience like? And because um, I know that one of your uh, teammates, Jamie um, Hika, um, went to San Jose mm-hmm. right around the same time. Um, have you compared some of the experiences on switching not just leagues, but also how his experience was maybe a little bit smoother, a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, then when I when I started to get in touch with MLS, um, that all went through an agent, and uh, Minnesota United came up, and uh, yeah, I I can't can't say like honestly that I knew everything about the club, but I knew it's gonna be a new franchise and like a big chance to be a part of creating something, which also means in the same thing that perhaps at the at the beginning there's some bumps in the road, like not everything is going to be like like perfect, like. We had to wait a little bit for the new uh, facility in NSC, like the locker rooms and stuff. But I mean, signing this contract, I knew that that's going to be that. And I was excited for all that. I was excited to be a part of building up all this. I mean, a small part, I'm just a player, but still. And yeah, that was one of the major reasons I looked very much forward to join also Minnesota United, not only the MLS. And uh, yeah, I think I made 
other experience than Jamil Hücker, for sure. Uh, in my opinion, the nicer ones. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to probably tell you another thing. Um, yeah, and it was very exciting, very interesting. And uh, I'm really happy I could, I could be a part of this first MLS history year for him in UFC. I haven't been to San Jose Zavaya, but I'm pretty sure Cloud City in, in a couple of years, Allianz Stadium is going to be way, way better. Yes, way absolutely. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, that, that giant outdoor bar just seems fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, no, no. That, see, that distracts the players. They just want to go jump over and go and sit at the bar instead of playing. I'm, I'm, this is how I'm like making sense of it in my head and being like, I'm okay without the open bar. Anyway, uh, you know, it's really interesting you tell me that you sought out the challenge of leaving. Not, I, I feel like there aren't a lot of people who, who seek that risk, who seek that experience. That's really cool. Now, from, from a family standpoint, you know, your wife was pregnant, I believe, when you, when you yeah. did that. And um, I, have you lived far away from your parents before? Yeah, I mean... Uh inside switzerland and inside switzerland there's nothing far away compared with, <laughs> right, right. with the usa so obviously i moved out with 18 um this like pretty early for for switzerland um i was on my own feet like for a long time but like yeah if there was something in a two hours drive i was at my parents house yeah yeah and uh yeah you told it i mean without my wife this would never have been possible at all she was pregnant at the time. The good thing is uh, she, she loves the USA. She has made like school for three months in New York. She is very a fine of all you guys, you know, <laughs> American <laughs> mentality. And um, yeah, for, so I didn't need like to convince her to do that. She was totally into, into it uh, from the beginning. And uh, yeah, that was like the big, big part. Um, more of, um, more difficult was to, to how you call it, to, to talk our parents into that because obviously my wife, wife was pregnant and we like took away births of their first <laughs> yeah. grandchild. Yeah. So this was like the most difficult part. Yeah. But uh, looking back, everything turned out well. And yeah, in a few days we fly back to Switzerland and they're going to be with their grandson. So everything is fine. Awesome. He's going to get all the chocolate. Oh my God. <laughs> all the chocolate. He's all already the big, but I don't want to, I don't want to imagine after these holidays. So, so uh, I have to ask this question because my parents bring this up every time. I talk to my parents about once a week and they're always like, you know, our buddies, their kid is like in England. He calls his mother every day and tells her what he eats for every meal. Uh, you know, we have this friend in Singapore their their child is somewhere else they talk every day and it's like hint 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 hint. how often do you talk to your parents do they like do they, do they call you and be like we want more no i call them every day why don't you do that <laughs> Jeez, Nosh. Yeah, Nosh. we totally call our parents every yeah, day too. yeah it's not you know <laughs> yeah once a month or so yeah but um as far as adjusting not just to the soccer side but also to the you know the United States is definitely a different place than Switzerland, and it's kind of an interesting time to be stateside. Um, how has that experience been for you guys um, as new parents, as you know, just starting up a different life in this country? Okay, everybody tells me that Minnesotans are a little different than the other USA people, so I can only talk about the different to Minnesota. Yes. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it's but uh, we came here and uh, yeah, everything was just um, better than we hoped. I mean, really, I mean, we got 
help from the club in every possible way, like finding an apartment, uh, social security number, all this stuff. So, so big, big help there. If they wouldn't help, but they did, I would have my agent with, with uh, who does an amazing job as well and would have helped me as well. And yeah, people everywhere I went, helpful as well, uh, like welcoming us open-armed. I just realized like three months later that the, that there was this Minnesota nice. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that was like the real nice or not, but uh, no, everything fine. And we're really not only happy, but, but really lucky to be here. That's fantastic. Is, let's talk a little bit about your start with the sport. When did you realize that this was something that you wanted to do professionally, that it wasn't just fun or it, I mean, you know, more than fun, I should say. Yeah, more than fun. That's a, that's a good word. But uh, yeah, soon, I mean, in Switzerland, you start playing in a, in a small local club. And then eventually I was, uh, I was 14. You got like, you get scouted by a bigger club from the, from Zurich, like from the big city. I mean, Swiss big, not, <laughs> not USA. Zurich is a decent sized city anyway. Yeah, so. a, I think it's the biggest in Switzerland, but still not comparable to you. But yeah. Oh. You get scouted and you start playing there and they are like the you play with the with the best kids from around and you you develop like a competing side in you and you just want to get better and better and uh, and yeah i think that's like a, i i can't tell you a specific moment it's just a process that happens and you get closer to the first team and closer and you see oh it's only one step more and you can make it and yeah you just carry on and yeah luckily it worked out were you always a fullback when you were younger? No, no, not not at all. I mean, I mean, still, uh, still, this season I played centre back once. I played left back. I, yeah, at uh, Luzerne I I played uh, centre mid sometimes. I played uh, I played on the wing sometimes. So I'm pretty how you call that poly polyvalent? No, is that another word? Polydextrous, um, versatile, I guess. Versatile, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I can't really play one role really good, but I can play every role like a little. All right, yeah. Let's just be fair. Like you're, you're pretty good. Yeah, you're not, I remember you're not too shabby. I remember coming home from that uh, the home open, the snow opener, and walking back with my friend. To get the card, pick up our my wife and his fiance from the local coffee shop, and talking like terrible name, but that right back was they tried to pronounce your last name. We didn't know how to say it yet. The, 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 Jerry, let's call him Jerry. <laughs> Jerry was he, he he impressed out there. He was really good. He was like the shining spot of that game. He really impressed us coming in and like having very little time um, to press for the team and just going right to a starting spot immediately. I wanted to ask well. you about Jerry, actually. So when, how long has that been your nickname? Um, I had this nickname since Luzerne, some, okay. sometime in Luzerne. Um, how'd you yeah. get it? I don't know. It's just something that came up from Jer Jerome. is just longer to, to say or to shout yeah. for coaches, <laughs> for teammates. And I had other ones, but in Luzerne, just Jerry came up and I mean... I yeah. remember I was talking to Shields and he told me, you know, we, we have this new player, his name's J Jerome Chieson, but he goes by Jerry. And I don't know, growing up in India, it's like Jerry to me is Seinfeld, which is New York, like, you know, proper New York American. So I associate Jerry with like Tom and Jerry and Seinfeld. So to hear that there was a Swiss player with the nickname Jerry was like, 
What? It confused me. Maybe it shouldn't have. I no. don't know. I mean, it's it's no. a common nickname within Fraser. Because Jerry right. here is like a, a a name name, not only a nickname. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, right. it's it's okay. it's not as not as common anymore. But but yeah, I mean, I I get it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it's totally cool. Uh, in Switzerland, you have nobody that's called Jerry, just Jerry. I mean, interesting. Perhaps there is somebody, but I've never heard there's, of it. There's one guy, yeah, so it's just a, <laughs> yeah. just a nickname there. What were your other nicknames? Like what the the, the they called you at other teams? Uh, um, Gégé, okay. but that comes more from my French part. Like everybody in my France family would call me Gégé. It's just okay. short for Jérôme. Okay. And before they would call me JJ. Which makes no sense to you guys as well, but <laughs> <laughs> and then really since the last five years, it's it's just Jerry. Okay. Your your first senior club was a second division club, right? Yes. And so you played with them, and then you did you get scouted by a top division club, or how did that move to the top division occur for you? So I signed with uh, FC Zurich Pros, which is a first division team. Mm-hmm. I was still doing my apprenticeship, so going to school and running a job. And uh, the first team there was like very good, like playing for Champions League. And the coaches were like, listen to all of of the young guys who made it to the first team. Uh, Listen, um, you won't have a lot of playing time, so there's a choice for you. Or you train with us and play with the reserve team. Mm -hmm. Or you go to a second division team on loan. And I was like, yeah, I go to a second division team on loan. And that's why, how I how I landed at this team, FC Seville. And yeah, played one half year there in the second division. And finished my school apprenticeship, whatever, nice. at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Um, kind of, it could be either in Switzerland or here. Who, uh, who's the hardest person you come up against uh, coming at you while playing defense? Is it... Was it was it in Switzerland in MLS? And if so, who was it? In generally, um, I don't know if you heard about the player Seydou Dumbia. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back in my early first Swiss division days, he played at Young Boys. Okay. And it was like the time he exploded. Okay. And that was just terrible. <laughs> 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 oh, that was just terrible. This guy was yeah, was way too good for me. We were we were trying to figure out if you had come up against Eden Eden Hazard. Oh, yes, he was at Basel around the same time. You, I mean, in one way, I would love to figure it out. In another way, I don't want to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you you've put, put those memories away in a dark, dark place. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Now, now uh, Switzerland still has conscription, right? You have to do military service. Uh, yes, 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 and no. I mean, the rule is that every, every young guy with 18 years, mm-hmm. he, he should do that. Um, and then, as a as a sports guy, for example, Federer didn't do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people don't do it nowadays. You have like um, special military uh, school mm-hmm. where sports guys can like half a day they are practice, half a day they do their duty as a military guy. At my time, this was very difficult uh, with a team sport. Mm-hmm. Like tennis player was like the perfect thing; it could work. But with a team sport, it was very, very difficult. And um, yeah, so um, I had to choose back there not to do it. When you don't do it, you you just pay for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, that was the way it worked out with me. I'm yeah. still paying, by the way. <laughs> good to know yeah, yeah. So i've always been curious because like in all, so many countries we saw the the korean player 
who was it signed with Manchester United a few years uh, ago? There was, there was sounds a, familiar. Yeah, there was a signing that was delayed by an entire year because this person had to serve. And so I've always been curious. Like, good, mm-hmm. good to know how it works in in Switzerland. What's the, what was also the jump in quality between the top and second division in Switzerland? Like, is it is it a really big drop, or is are, are all the top division clubs and second division clubs kind of close to each other? Uh, very difficult ca- question. We just had, I mean, we Switzerland just had a, a cup cup round l- last weekend, and so many games were so close. Where like the first division team won just in the PKs or in overtime or like really close results. So yeah, I think the the level is becoming closer and closer. Um, um, there is a big gap between the salaries, so I think that that's something that. Uh, yeah, they have to work on it, and that obviously also matters somewhere on the level on the pitch. But when there is like one, on one game, one on one, one first division against the, like the cup I just mentioned, it could be close over a whole season. Yeah, the gap is still still there. And you've won the cup, right? No, the the domestic cup, or like no, I've been in the final last. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. For a yeah. <laughs> Wait, Jeez. Sorry, Wait, go notch. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the hit. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. All part of sports. Misreading. Um, but what is that experience of playing in a cup final like? Yeah, I mean that was um, one of the biggest game I ever I ever um, experienced. Um, the whole atmosphere, like you don't play in your stadium or their stadium. It's like in Bern in the national stadium and. Uh, all the, the the stadium is like really 50-50 with fans and full to the last place and yeah um it would have been the first title for Luzerne in a long long time so very excitement around the whole city unfortunately we didn't get it done and um yeah i hope Luzerne will get it done soon yeah well you're gonna you're gonna get an mls cup with us so don't, don't worry yes, about hopefully. it it's, it's gonna Where is the mood? you better <laughs> right we all, we've all knocked wood just for the listeners who aren't here to watch it happen. Um, but how does how does the Swiss system connect to the national team? You know, there's been a lot of recent conversation here about all the U.S. and we don't need to get into that at all. But I'm just curious about the Swiss national team, which has been the European qualifiers. They just lost once. So it looks like they're doing well. Yeah, I mean, they I don't know the actual ranking, but lately they have been like fourth in the FIFA world ranking. So... Not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Not bad at laughs> all. got us beat. <laughs> no, um, they have a, like a youth national team program already a long time ago. They they set that up, which is really good. It was like, um, if I'm right, it was like a little copied by the Dutch system, long longer That's, time ago, yeah. and they're doing really well there. We had some European championships at under 17 teams and under 19 teams so yeah the 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 national team nowadays is uh, taking um, advantage of of this uh, youth program and uh, obviously all the players in our national team play abroad like not in switzerland but in mm-hmm. big teams we have yep. an arsenal player ac Milan, yeah, juventus exactly. i mean it. yeah i mean really really good players playing for really really good teams and yeah, you mentioned it. One one defeat was enough to not make it uh, directly to the to the World Cup. So, yeah. who is Switzerland playing in the playoff? Ireland. Game? Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 
Irish American, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna continue to talk to the other guys. Uh, I'll just excuse myself. Uh, but I was actually looking back to some of the players because you at least got some caps with the U21 team. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like some of the same age group that you came through um, was kind of a mix of players that were still playing in Switzerland, but also um, some that were starting to get into academies over, you know, over in England and Germany. Is that kind of the sort of model that some of the youth players do? Like some of the, um, if you're 18, 19 years old, you get scouted by somebody in Germany and you say, okay, I'm going to go over there. Yeah, that's like uh, changing at the moment. I mean, uh, yeah, clubs um, recruit players, the younger and younger. You see that all over the world. And uh, especially like big European clubs, they, they will not wait for players to become professional in their own country. They go and recruit them at 16, 17 years old. Um, the Swiss club obviously don't want that. The Swiss club, they depend on young players. They can, they can bring to their own first team and then sell. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much the, the goal of every club in Switzerland. Expect the big two, I will say, uh, Basel and Young Boys. All the others, like Luzerne, they, they try to keep their young, really good talents, build them up, bring them to the first team and then sell. And yeah. there's like two, two mentalities. A lot of pe it's like splitted people. One, one kind of people think it's better for the player to grow at home, having the environment of family, having the school system, everything, become a professional, get the experience in the first division like one, two years and then make the, 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 the next step abroad. And the other mentality is just to take every chance you get. It won't come a second one. And yeah. Yeah, because so. I know a lot of that's happening with MLS teams right now. You look at um, Dallas, New York Red Bulls, teams that have really strong academy systems they're getting 18 19 year old players into the first team but there's also a lot of angst among american soccer fans that you know some of these kids aren't going to some of these bigger academies in in europe to you know kind of finish off their education mm -hmm. so um just kind of Interesting, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think some of that comes with the defensiveness because yeah, it's 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 funny how soccer fans here, and I've been here since two thousand four. So I've I, getting here as an Indian who loved soccer, and then talking to Americans in two thousand four about soccer got me a lot of weird like what looks and like <laughs> who are you talking about? And and it, you know, even I had back then used to talk about the English teams. I didn't know much about MLS, and there was a sense of if you followed MLS or soccer back then, you were kind of the the geek or the nerd. Like if you were proper sports fan you followed football and like baseball you know and 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 so there was this kind of weird distinction so i think that all that kind of social this is all my dr nachiket karnik theory uh, of of sports in the you're not a doctor you're not a doctor <laughs> don't lie to the people yeah. oh, only one the only doctor that does in minnesota united podcast is wes it's true do you know how much of a disappointment i, I am to my parents who are both doctors oh. <laughs> but, but that's, so, all that's, them, a that's a different all podcast them more often yes. <laughs> so i think i think some of those social distinctions kind of played into it so when mls started to get very popular 
you still have some of that defensiveness of of every you know for years it was every time soccer was brought up you you had to kind of defend it and you're still kind of defending it so when people say like oh you got to go somewhere else to develop in, in your head you're kind of thinking but no we're good enough we, this is this is a great league why why you know so it, i think as the league grows hopefully that some of that will fade away where we become comfortable with saying okay our players have developed here to get really good but they can now go and do bigger and greater things uh, elsewhere yeah. or like don garber says we become the best league in the world i will not have any trouble with that like i will love that <laughs> yeah, if, if that, that happens, happens yeah. Yeah. yeah we're well on our way yeah <laughs> so that'll be great welcome to the incoming best team and their best league in the world that's what we're saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> well speaking of, so, so let, let's talk a little bit about how you'd adjust competitively for moving from switzerland and the style of play there to the style of play here and and just just the lay of the land i mean i know travel is something that comes up a lot what are some of the other things that you had to adjust to playing here yeah i mean uh, i came here and back in europe honestly or also in switzerland everybody thinks the mls is is the mls level is a little lower than than in switzerland so we know that it's growing, we know that it's good and uh, cool and everything, but the level is not yet there. And this is like the thinking we have back home. Mm -hmm. And I came here, uh, obviously with that thinking a little bit in my back head, obviously prepared to, to, to compete so I don't make a fool out of myself. But uh, yeah, I was uh, very positively surprised, positive in the meaning that, uh, yeah, MLS hasn't hasn't too hide at all. Uh, if I have to compare with Switzerland, which is obviously not the top league in Europe, but I think like the average, average uh, Swiss league player is slightly, slightly better than the average MLS player. But like the MLS stars are so much better than the Swiss stars mm -hmm. that, the yeah, and that the level is uh, yeah. equal or even better here. I think in Switzerland, we play a little bit more on a tactical basis. So all teams are a little bit, I, I would say, more structured and more tactically, um, like just, uh, yeah, I can't find the word, but here it's uh, way more physical. Mm -hmm. And as I said, the stars, individual players are very, very good. So as a right back, you play against wingers. I mean, week in, week out, I play against some national player mm -hmm. and uh, players with pace, with skills. So very, very good level here. And... Uh, I think I can make an, or I already did a, a next step in my playing because it's just competitive here. And yeah, really happy that I found that here. Yeah. And uh, you had a, if you don't mind me saying, you had a great season for us this past year. Uh, along the back line, there, there were some uh, occasional guess, issues. Occasional <laughs> issues, but you and you, really you and Calvo were like the constants in the back line. And when Calvo was, Obviously, on international duty, you were the, the constant defender we could count on. Um, you had some great assists, and your goals were, and celebrations of those goals were fantastic. Um, uh, what, looking at, the, at your past season here at MLS, what do you think you have to work on for next year or focus on next year to get better and kind of improve on this season? Yeah, obviously, we, got, we, we allowed way too many goals. So I think uh, every de defender in our team should be self-critic and think about how we can get less goals and that's obviously what i will do as well um yeah getting so many goals i am involved in a lot of them as well yeah so i have to i have to uh to improve in the in the defensive 
um, I say last third in the box defending because in the end it's there where we got the goals. Mm -hmm. So there is a big point of improvement. And yeah, you mentioned goals and assists, but uh, yeah, I did also many games. So I think the quote there is not that great. There is still margin of improvement. I mean, if I play again this yeah. much, you never know that. And yeah, a lot, a lot. I think in a physical way, I was lucky to not be hurt. And uh, yeah, had had great help from our physical coach who does a great job with us. So this is a thing that I would like to keep up, not to lose. And yeah, I could go on for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, as you look towards the offseason, um, you didn't really have the usual offseason break and coming into a, a league that doesn't follow the FIFA schedule means that, you know, you've been playing, you know, first team level for longer than you typically do. Is that going to change how you approach the offseason or? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I don't know how my family is going to handle me with uh, two months without soccer. I'm going to be terrible, I think. No, this is, as you say, the first time I had like summer break two weeks and uh, winter break two or three weeks. That's like my usual schedule in the last 10 years. And here I am with uh, no summer break, which was cool. But now, uh, yeah, two and a half months, like watching the others back in Switzerland because they, they carry on playing. <laughs> So this is going to be very, very strange, very, very interesting. And uh, also, I told you at the beginning, I looked for something new, for new experiences. And this is one of it, like all the traveling stuff and all the new stuff I got in the MLS. And I'm looking forward to it. Are you going to go watch any soccer games? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Because I've met some players who are like, I don't want to go. <laughs> now that I'm not playing, I just want to sit at home. Yeah. So, so which, which, is, which are the games that you're excited to go to? So even... I mean, I just like sports in general. I love soccer, obviously, but uh, if there is another sport I can go to watch, I would do that. Here, I go back to Europe. We don't have NBA, we don't have NFL, we don't. We have soccer, and I love soccer, so I'm gonna <laughs> gonna go watch <laughs> yeah. soccer. I'm gonna go absolutely watch a, a game of Luzerne where I pass my uh, my last five years. I. My parents live close to Zurich, so I, I think I'm going to go see a game in Zurich too. Nice. And uh, yeah. Are, are we allowed to say on the podcast that you're an Arsenal fan? Of course, I'm proudly. <laughs> proudly okay, <laughs> we have finally come back together from the Switzerland-Ireland stuff. That's great. So there I, we are. I have, I have something to add. They're playing, uh, and don't get carried away with this, Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah, oh, well, in that case, cut his mic, cut his mic, cut his mic. <laughs> so, so, so are you going to make it to London for an Arsenal game, you think? Um, don't tell my wife, I already thought about that. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I mean, we have a long time um, of holiday, they're playing. Um, if I can make it work out, some, some boys trip with my with my friends i mean that would be hilarious but it's not yet scheduled or planned but certainly a thing i'm gonna look into it don't worry nobody listens to this podcast so your wife won't find out it's fine <laughs> yeah my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to the podcast so <laughs> neither does mine so yeah. guys we talked about listener accounts come on they download it yeah they, it, it shows up on their phone it yeah. just doesn't 
get listened to. Ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Arsenal's playing Swansea this morning, right? This is what you were saying before. Uh, yeah. Have, have you? Have you? Either of you been checking the score? And uh, I've I've been making a point of not listening. I got you. I was looking right now. <laughs> oh. The Liverpool fan keeps us up to date. The mic. The Arsenal work. is winning two to yeah, one. Yeah. The, the mic works again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. How? how have you have you always been kind of an Arsenal fan? Was that was that your kind of how did you how did you find them? So my father is French. I think I already told you that. And um, in the fr- French TV, which we watched at home in Switzerland, there was this Sunday Sunday uh, TV show about French soccer and French players. And at that time, like five six French players played for Arsenal. Who was uh, who was it? Petit, Henri, Viltor, Pires, like a lot of them. Yeah. Yep. And so half of this TV show was about Arsenal, and that's how I how I got to to like that's, and love them. I was <laughs> taking French during the same year as the Invincibles. That's how I got into them as well. So. Yeah, I think I think we're around the same age, so you know, we, I grew up watching Dennis Bergkamp and like all yeah, that man, stuff. He was you know, there that too, was, yeah. Yeah, was a great time to follow ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were the days. There will be more days. There will be more days. At yeah. least you won the Premier League, so let's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for that one win. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you play FIFA at all? I play, yeah, I play FIFA very good. And uh, just in case he listens, I'm better than Abu Dhabi and Dan Ladi. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to have Abu on so we can, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so which, which teams do you play with in FIFA? Like, what's your, what's your go-to? Uh, I kind of, of course, if, if I have to choose, I go with uh, internationally. I take France or Switzerland. And uh, if not, I take Arsenal. But I like to like uh, adjust my team to the opponent. So if he would take Barcelona, I take Madrid. If we would take mm-hmm. like uh, an English team, then it's Arsenal. Like like yeah. this. So if yeah. he takes PSG, I take Monaco. Like stuff like this. I'm pretty. I vary. I like to handle all these players. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it so? As someone who's now on the pitch and you know what you're doing, is it frustrating to see how the AI plays the game? <laughs> Yeah, but the good thing is always that my pad is not working or... You know. <laughs> <laughs> Star controller doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my fullback ran up for no reason. Yeah. Is, is One of the things that we talk about with MLS is the lack of domestically grown, like American fullbacks. You know, that's been, that's been a challenge for the U.S. national team. Could I ask you, you know, someone who, who's played in, like you said, you're versatile, but you've played fullback yeah. a lot. What's the challenge with developing a good fullback? Like, what's what's what goes into making a good fullback, and why is it sometimes an elusive thing, according to you? Uh, back in the day, playing fullback was like the easiest stuff. So the guy who had the less skill and stuff just go fullback. So mm-hmm. the position evolved a lot. So it depends also on how the coach want to play, but it can be a very offensive, interpreted role nowadays. So, uh, yeah, uh, a lot is expected of you. Of course, you have to, to do your defense work. You have to contribute to the offense. And uh, what a lot of people yeah, forgot a lot of times is as a fullback, you usually play against the other guys, uh, other team's players who should make the difference. It's like the wingers, you know, mm-hmm. like the Cristiano Ronaldo back in the days, guys <laughs> like Messi, yeah. they all play like on the wings, you know. So, yeah, it's not always easy to, to look good as a fullback. Usually, if you don't look bad, you've done a pretty decent job. 
yeah. And uh, yeah, the issue there is just um, when you start playing that role, start just um, focusing on not making your opponent play. Don't focus on what you want to do and what you want to contribute. If you take out of the game your opponent, you did a decent job and then you can build up on, on this. If then you contribute an assist or whatever, amazing. Yeah, that's we just keep on trying to figure out like where the best just all around player where they should play. Where do you think that is? Which position you mean? Uh, Just like the most raw talented, but doesn't have a specific position. So like somebody that's versatile like you, if you were the coach, where would you put them? Where I would watch from weekend to weekend, where I where I have a lack of something. I mean, in a team, in a season, you have injuries, you have uh, somebody who got suspended or whatever, and if you have guys like this, just put them wherever you need them. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I, I don't want to look too far. In, I mean, well, I am going to look very far into the future. Uh, it, when you when you're in your forties and you know the the playing career time has waned down, what do you think you'd like to do? Would you like to coach? Do you, are you thinking about this at all? Am I should I just shut up and not ask this question? No, it's a very very interesting question, but a very difficult one as well. One that every player has to face sooner or later. I'm getting thirty, and I'm yeah already like having having it in my back head. I still can't give you a, like a a fixed answer on that. I can tell you that I try to open as many doors as possible, um, meaning that I already started like in Switzerland, you have to do like coaching exams, like one after the other. I started like uh, the first ones back in Switzerland. I also was studying back in Switzerland to be, uh, yeah, set up on a economical side if we wouldn't continue in soccer. Now I have a break there, but I probably going to continue next year with studies with this uh, Southern New Hampshire University. I don't know if you know, they have like a yeah, collaboration yeah, yeah. with yep. MLS. Um, yeah, so I can't imagine a life without soccer. I just can't. It will always be somehow somewhere a part of my life. If I will like earn my life with it, I can't tell you. If yes, it would be beautiful, but I also want to like give back my family something like they they've they've sacrificed every weekend for me so far my parents before now my my wife and my child so somewhere i will have and i want to find a compromise to also get them to live their lives and their dreams so i have to figure that out how cool would be 15 years from now he's our coach like you know it'll <laughs> <laughs> be, be really neat no that's really cool so so basically after when, when you do choose to retire 10 15 years from now it's gonna be like <laughs> yes it's 10 20 who knows 30. Yeah. <laughs> very hurtful they're gonna be <laughs> just take like take like two years off the and just player manager yeah hey. there you go <laughs> um you know, talk, talking about Minnesota so far, what's been your? What are some of your favorite experiences so far in the Twin Cities and the state? Like, have you gone to the Spam Museum in Austin, or like gone and seen the world's biggest ball of yarn, or anything like that? So, talking about Minnesota, not USA, right? Yeah, just yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. So the the nicest thing, I mean, my son was born here, but uh, <laughs> that's number one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but. Ex- expect this i would say wonder wall okay best feeling ever yeah. and uh, yeah around minnesota i got to experience my first uh, football game 
my first NBA, no, not the first NBA game, but the first Wolf game. Very cool. I, I told you I'm very much into sports. First, first college football game. I mean, this whole college college mentality and uh, how it's built up that doesn't exist back in Europe. So very right. special, very, very nice for me to, to experience this, to see how that works. And uh, yeah, I could have been could have been part uh, for some charity events um, where the, the club like uh, set me up with it. Always a nice thing to do. Yeah, the list is very long. I, I could carry on, I think, but yeah. yeah. Is there, um, so, so the other night of the Dark Clouds auction, you, were, yeah. you, you showed up and, and I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that, that you've become fairly popular with, with the fans over here. And I just wanted to ask you like about that experience, about how it's kind of felt to be somebody who everybody on Twitter is kind of talking about you. And it's going to be weird to like suddenly have the whole world talking about you. It, it it really is, and I honestly don't know if I I handle it right or I can't handle it or I can handle it because um, so first of all social media I I started that coming here in March I didn't have Twitter or Instagram before I did that because I was told um, that's a thing to do as an MLS player it's helping <laughs> you and the club so wait and you're a novice at social media but you're so good at it i mean i have it since march now yeah okay yeah wow this uh, is mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> show me your secrets man <laughs> and then and then this whole people like me situation is honestly new for me as well i told you i'm from zurich i played for luzerne the last four five years and so i was never like I was always supported with the whole team, but I was never a guy from Luzerne. If, if, I don't know yeah, if I yeah, can yeah, explain yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I would be everything but the fan favorite back, back in Luzerne, like the last five years. Mm -hmm. Everything but, and then I come here, I have this new experience with social media and, uh, and yeah, apparently people like me. So it's, uh, yeah, very, <laughs> very, very strange, of course, a very, very nice feeling, but in one way also a little scary because I don't really know yeah what what to do should I do more or do less or it's I mean I don't want to I'm just a right back of a team you know <laughs> <laughs> and there are we have uh, yeah I'm not like the star and I don't want to be the star at all um, I'm good I'm good with my little right back spot and of course if people like me very very cool and uh, <laughs> yeah. you got what i mean i think totally. yeah. no, I, I think i think the brilliant thing is it is just you being you i think i think yeah. if you try to do anything it would just be like i think i think the, the the pleasure for us comes from just knowing who you are a little bit and seeing you post on social media about the things that you're doing and, and it's just i think generally we just find you a pleasant person so just be yeah. you yeah um I, I think uh, one other thing that just popped into my head um, right now was when you want to have some food from home, mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're missing home a little bit. I mean, of course, you can cook it at home. Is there a place in Minnesota to like get good Swiss food? Uh, I looked for, I don't know, you guys know Cordon Bleu? Yeah. Yep. So I looked for that in the beginning. I, I couldn't like find it. I found something that's very similar at the Union in Hennepin. Okay. Yeah. So that was like, I like this. But uh, if not, I honestly, um, I can live with the food from here. So I'm really happy with the Minnesotan food. And uh, 
and uh, save my my Swiss food looking forwardness, if that's a word. <laughs> it <laughs> is sure. now. Yes. For my holidays. And now I'm really happy to go home and also enjoy uh, our food again. And then I will be happy to come back here and enjoy this food again. So. So what you're going to say is that you're going to spend the next two and a half months eating a ton of Swiss food and... Cheese and chocolate. Oh, <laughs> that sounds... Oh yeah, oh. I, awesome. I'm jealous. So oh, horrible, jealous. Horrible life, right? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I hope you still recognize me when I come. <laughs> Just run extra laps during preseason. Uh, <laughs> You'll be fine. I definitely will have to do that. Are there, are there any interesting stories that pop into your head from this past season because i mean as, as fans we don't we don't see a whole lot except you know what what you guys are doing on the pitch and in training and things like that but are there are there fun moments from this year from behind the scenes that kind of illustrate what it is to be a part of this club or just the fun times that you guys are having i mean if they are behind the scenes i should probably keep them behind the scenes <laughs> that's a very Political answer right there. Yeah. <laughs> we are neutral in Switzerland. <laughs> I was not going to make that joke the entire time, but now the imagination. That's brilliant. Uh, no, that's cool. Is it, is it, is it just kind of a, a, a very jovial atmosphere most times? Do you guys joke around, hang out with each other a whole lot, or is it kind of more you guys just do your own thing as individuals? No, so um, we have a lot of like single young guys so when i came here i was like a month without my family without my wife so um these guys helped me a lot as well so players would hang out together they would go to dinner together they yeah help each other out as i said earlier the club was new and had like to help everywhere so it was like difficult and tough to handle like every new player and players there helped each other out also in that way i was welcomed in an amazing way and yeah, so juvenile was the word. Jovial. Jovial. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you for the new word. So I think a very jovial atmosphere. Um, people get along with each other. And yeah, just a team like I think every soccer player would like to be with. Fantastic. Awesome. There's a, there were a good amount of players that came up from NASL and you know, have some roots in the Twin Cities, like... Christian, mm -hmm. um, Brent Coleman, um, JD Viva. Yeah, um, yeah. Were they maybe, you know, a little bit better of a resource as like, you know, this is where you want to go. This is where you want to <laughs> look into. So <laughs> these guys, these guys, obviously, if we, if we, if we, the new guys asked for help, they would, uh, yeah, open armed. They welcomed us and helped us out. But it was also fun to discover like on our own. Also to go for perhaps one time in a restaurant that we don't like. So we know that, you know, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every, every experience is like an experience yeah. you, you, you make good or bad way. There's just a JT underscore 87 Yelp review on a few places. It's like the food here was horrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> we some new bread. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. What, what is your favorite restaurant? Like where, where do you go? Like when, when you need like a little bit of food, you just sit and eat and think about good things. Where, where do you, where do you go? I can't say Chipotle now, right? You didn't totally. totally. Oh, because <laughs> I just yeah. love Chipotle. But um, not only for the food, but uh, my restaurant bar is obviously the local. 
Oh, oh, nice. Because they threw all Arsenal games there, of right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> of course. Lot was delicious. And yeah. yeah. Great place to be, yeah. Well, we're, we're kind of getting towards the end. Do you guys have any last burning questions that you want to ask, Jerry? No, just thanks for doing this with us. That's it's Thanks fantastic. for having me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really appreciate it. Looking forward to next year. Have a great time at home with family. Yeah. Thank I, you I, very much. You're going to have so many coos and screams when you when your parents and, and your wife's parents meet the kid it's gonna be great so yeah. i'm sure you're gonna have a wonderful time thanks again jerry for joining us much appreciated yes thank we'll you safe. thank you yep. with that it's time to take our first break in this episode when we come back we'll talk about mls back to we call it soccer it's time to talk about mls but before we get into the segment and actually talk about the games tonight earlier before we recorded this we saw the crew kind of sticking it to the man it was kind of a revenge narrative and um made me start thinking about movies that have revenge narratives and what's your favorite like the underdog gets beat down and then he comes back and saves the day you know i think my favorite has to be crimson tide have you guys watched that submarine movie where there's like the alabama football team yeah. Well, yes. Actually, that's why they, yeah. they, they, they they have a bunch of references to that in the movie. With Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman, where a captain and a exo of a submarine have to fight over launching nuclear missiles. And the good guys, like, come back and, like, hold guns to the bad guys. And it's like, it's, you have one of those fist-bumpy moments at the end. It's really good. Well, what's, what's your revengey, fist-bumpy, happy moment? It's got to be the competition at, or at the end of Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. All right. Because I, I identify way too much with that movie. <laughs> That's why you got pocket protections and a white uh, button-down shirt right now. Obviously. Like, you yeah. thought this was a costume? Yeah, exactly. Caleb? Um, really, any sports movie? Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> That's a good I answer. Mean, I'd have to say Dune. Okay. The hockey movie. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Sean William Stott is in it. Have you talked about the movie on the podcast before? Have I you just talked have. about it? Like, I might have just talked about it with you guys in the room. We've done like. that many times. We've mentioned Goon a lot. Now I always tell you I haven't. I it's couldn't a finish great it. movie. Okay. The second one wasn't that good. I haven't seen it yet, but I have not heard as good of things. Okay. Uh, speaking of second things that weren't as good as the first one, the MLS playoffs kind of disappointed us uh, in, a, in, a, in some somewhat of a way. So let's get to start talking about them in a segment that we call the Major Listing Service, used by realtors, of course, to buy houses, used by us to talk about Major League Soccer. First up, though, before we get to the games, we got to talk about some awards that MLS has nominated people for. You guys have picked your winners. I have not. So I'm going to impromptu pick. Well, you guys, you guys had your considered choices. You know, these guys thought about it. First up, League MVP. Who's who? We got. Uh, we got Miguel Almiron, Sebastian Giovinco, and Nemanja Nikolic, Diego Valeri, and David Villa. Dave, uh, I, I think he's Dav, David. Um, no. Whenever he loses, he's David Villa. <laughs> <laughs> like spoiler alert for the rest of the segment. Man, um, you ruined it. Okay. <laughs> so who who's MVP for you guys? Colin and I both had Valeri. 
I'm going to go with Jovinko because he's really short. Uh, defender of the year. <laughs> who we got Who we got for defender of the year? Um, my actual uh, back three and my best 11, Justin Morrow, Ikapara, and Kendall Waston. I see. I had uh, Waston as my defender of the year. Um, I have the best player on the one of the best defenses in MLS history, Ikapara. I'm going to take Watson only because he confuses everybody who's thinking Watson in their head. And uh, and makes him better defender. Because who am I running now with the ball? I have no idea. Is it Watson or Watson? No, I lost it. <laughs> Goalkeeper of the year, Andre Blake, Stefan Fry, Tim Melia. Melia, hands down. Yeah. Um, he was so good this year. Um, go read go read American Soccer Analysis piece on goalkeepers this year. It's staggering how good Melia was. I'm I'm maybe being swayed a bit too much by international play, but but I'm thinking Andre Blake, y'all. Also Sean Johnson, except then we watched the game tonight. And <laughs> oh. Don Garber went back in time. Was like, okay, he's not in the list anymore, and then he came back. Anyway, uh, newcomer of the year, Miguel Amiron, Jackson slash Joseph Martinez. And just just the just the latter there. Oh okay. yeah, okay. yeah. I'm pretty sure Jackson Martinez plays in China, right? Something like that. Anyway, uh, Nemanja Nikolic is on this list as well. Who would be my choice? I can't resist but picking a guy who's got the same letter to start his first and last name. And also, he scored 21 goals this year. Also, he's not playing for Atlanta. Goals. Really, yeah. mostly because he's not the playing for goals. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and the most. But also, he had yeah. golden boot first year coming over from uh, Hungary. So yeah. I would he was hungry for gold. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Boo. Yes. I would tell you to leave, Boo. but this is your house. Um, <laughs> no, you I would leave. also go with someone with the uh, same first and last name letter. Uh, Victor Vasquez, who wasn't even nominated for Snow. no fucking reason. Uh, rookie of the year, um, Abu Dinladi. Um, He's one of our own. Jack Elliott. He's not one of our own. And um, Julian Gressel. Who's definitely not one of our own. Boo. Uh Lottie there. He's he's had more points and less minutes than uh, either of those players. Yeah. I mean, again, Gressel is at Atlanta, which is a huge knock in his favor. And Jack Elliott, although I got to say, coming into a league and then playing well in well, defense yeah, in your first year. And he's a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. Kind of nice to see him. Narrative, win, but is, I think- narrative is great. But Dunlady, I think, was probably the best, but it's going to be Gressel because he played pretty darn well for a team that... He believes in nothing, Gaba. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am going to be a homer and pick Abu. Coach of the year, Tara Martino, Chicago's Paunovic, and uh, Greg... Vanny. Vanny. Right, what, what, how do you say it? Vanny. It's Vanny, right? I said Vanny earlier, and that yeah, was wrong. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, it's not like varicose in your leg it's um i would out of these i would say velco um i think a lot more of the success that chicago had was in the front office than necessarily on the bench but um what they did this year is pretty phenomenal greg burhalter i think should have gotten a nomination Panovic did kind of ensure that Chicago was stuck to the top of the table, much like they were attached by some Velcro. Okay, yeah, that was, that was a little bit better. You just say now. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's marginal improvement. Uh, this is what our <laughs> listeners come here for. Okay, I'm no, just saying. No, no. No, they're, they they're come, still listening to the Jerry T.S. Yeah, interview. They're, they're not even here that. yet. 
And then they're hoping maybe I'm going to have some dick jokes later. Possibly. <laughs> it's definitely not to the Velcro pun. Um, who that, joke you... wrote, that joke doesn't really stick. <laughs> I did that, everybody. I'm done. Oh, that was great. I love this. Um, moving along to the playoffs. First up, a game that we talked about last week. Chicago versus New York Red Bull. So let's not talk about it this week. Atlanta playing Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> Aside from the result, this was the best game. But <laughs> yeah, seriously, best nil-nil you've ever watched. I, I, I I'd say that. Yeah, yeah I'll most vouch for that. that. Yeah, yeah. Also the, um, the it was also the first nil-nil of this playoffs, and every nil-nil since has I, been just despondent and boring. I want to give Mike Brown as a shout out, who noticed that Atlanta had the same number of wins in the playoffs as uh, Minnesota United FC. Hey, uh, 41 shots in this game, multiple shots off the woodwork, ended up going to penalties where, as he did throughout the game, Zach Steffen was massive. Yep. Can we just say that uh, Hidwain did a penenka as the first penalty of the penalty shootout? The balls on that guy. That, that is that is, <laughs> that is amazing. Do you want to describe Panenka quickly for people who um, don't? Basically, uh, just a kind of a chip shot into the top center of the goal. Yeah. Um, it kind of it kind of looks like it's just swirling in midair yeah. while it's going. Uh, when it does work, it's great. When the goalkeeper doesn't move, you look stupid. And it, it was great for Hidwayin. It's a power move. Yeah, yeah. it's like move. the knuckleball of penalties. It's the Except it's for it actually It's the works. knuckle puck of shots, of soccer shots. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Columbus going through on penalties. I think I'm going to make a bold statement and say Zach Steffen should be the guy in the, in, in, in between the sticks when we play Portugal. U.S. plays Portugal. I would agree to that. If I would, he is Yeah, not, if he's available it, due yeah. to playoff commitments. Let's now talk about the Western Conference where Vancouver put <laughs> five goals uh, against San Jose. Yeah, San Jose kind of riding off of an emotional win against uh, some other team that made it into the playoffs and then got absolutely thrashed by Vancouver. Not even close. Absolutely, completely um, They had a chance to go ahead on, on a free kick. They missed it, and then Vancouver just punished them Yeah, all game. No, no, nothing like seeing the team that went into the playoffs off your back crash out in spectacular fashion. That felt really good. SKC, though... Oh, Houston beating them 1-0 at Children's Mercy Park, which hasn't hosted a lot of SKC losses this year. No, uh, they're, they've been really good at home. Uh, I think they'll, they've only lost, I think, one other game at home, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. I don't have the f- numbers in front of me, but I believe you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm a nice guy. Eh? Why, would I, why would I lie to you, huh? Are those watches for sale? Albert Elise, who I just learned is on loan at Houston from Monterey, um, stored the game winning goal and added extra time. Really, up until that point, it had been a giant snooze fest. Well, but he, at least he scored, right? At least he scored. Yeah. At least, All right. at, at least he scored. Yeah. Why Why am I back on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> so let's See what talk. happens when you're gone? <laughs> Usually it's you guys just get tons of shit wrong, but now you've just got terrible Whoa. jokes too. Oh. Oh, okay, Colin. We see how it is. Semifinals, first leg, Western Conference, Houston versus Portland. This game taking place in a bog um, by the look of things. So apparently BBVA has had seven soccer games and one American football game in 25 days. I rate that bitch FFVA, not BBVA. Okay, I'm just going (laughs) to say. (laughs) I did it. 
Yeah. So um, that pitch was atrocious. The game was atrocious. Probably as a result, I think we, we can blame it on the pitch. It just dull snooze fest. Um, Non-calls on a couple of penalties for each side in the first half. Um, Portland did lose a bunch of players in this game. One before the game, Sebastian Blanco pouring, I think, hot water on his foot and boiling burning it. water. Yeah, boiling water. So uh, make sure that you uh, cook your soup correctly next time, Seb. And with shoes on. Maybe. This reminds me of that, I forget which soccer player it was, but there was a soccer player who couldn't play a game because I think he dropped a cologne bottle on his foot and broke it, a bone. MLB has what these uh, injuries every single year. Um, most in my memory as a Brewers fan is Will Smith, our former closer, tearing his ACL while bending down to tie his shoe. <laughs> what? That is Looking ridiculous. Up, it happens, and there's if you want just funny injuries, or I guess not funny, but like weird injuries. Go to MLB, and there's just there's like three every year. So this was this was Santiago Canizares, the Spanish goalkeeper who missed the 2002 World Cup after accidentally shattering a bottle of aftershave in his hotel sink, and a piece of glass fell on his foot, severing a tendon in his big toe. Wow, that okay. sounds hideous. So that was Blanco, but a bunch of other guys also. Yeah, uh, Lars Ma- or Mabiala, Diego Chara, Darlington Nagdi, all went off injured. David Guzman was out of the game already due to a sprained knee. Yeah. So essentially, the Portland Timbers playing with their second string lineup, pulling out a draw away from home, which is which is solid for them. I mean, good good stuff. Uh, Seattle playing Vancouver nil-nil in a game everyone thought was the worst until this previous game that we just talked about. I have to say, I watched the last second half of this game. It was okay. There weren't a lot of shots. I think what you guys said, one shot on goal. It was a lot of missed chances. There was right. movement back and forth. It wasn't yeah. as, as so much side to side as Houston and Portland were. I think this is one of those was. games that if you if you watch it without the pressure of the playoffs, you're like, all right, there were there were a lot of attacks back and forth. It's fine, like, but because it's playoff, playoffs, playoffs, everyone's like expecting some sort of like magnificent display, and when you don't get that, and it's nil nil, it's a snooze fest. I mean, Speed- I would expect more than one shot on goal in a game, regardless of when it's played. But okay, whatever. Speaking of magnificent display, let's go to the Eastern Conference. Some great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, the Red Bull lose one. That's a weird way to put it. Toronto win two one <laughs> at the Red road, Bull. Yeah, at uh, in New Jersey. The uh, the the goal of this game that you have to go watch is Giovinco putting in basically a penalty, except it was a free kick. Yeah, free kick uh, right outside the box, right in Giovinco territory as he was heading up, and only my wife can corroborate this. I said he's gonna make this. Uh huh. But yeah, you guys don't know that. But I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one who, was th- who thought that. Like, this, let's get the Ouija board this. out. I bet there were some spirits in the room with you guys. Let's get the Stranger Things lights. <laughs> I, geez, I hope not. Toronto going ahead very early in this game, but then Red Bulls, of course, coming back, equalizing Geo, getting the away goal, uh, second away goal for Toronto. Vasquez and Drew Moore, Victor uh, Vasquez and Drew Moore, come off injured for Toronto. Um, no word on what on them yet. If they are available for the next leg. Both of them would be pretty big losses if they are out. Word. Now let's move on and talk about the Columbus crew playing New York City FC in a game, in the first, I believe, home game since the whole Save the Crew thing is broken. Indeed, indeed. And seemingly some shenanigans 
possibly that we should save for later in the show. Uh, let me just put it out there. There were some gates to the... About the, the, the word on the street is that there are a lot of gates to the stadium closed. Um, women were being sent to a specific gate to be uh, allowed in. People's banners were being checked and triple checked. Just a lot of delays getting into the stadium. Some conspiracy theories saying that that was because... Um, the, 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 obviously because of this, the, the stadium looked emptier at kickoff and the announced attendance, 14,000. I gotta say, this has gotta be one of the rare occasions that it actually felt like the announced attendance was actually in the stadium. In fact, I would even bet that there were more people in there. The, the atmosphere sounded loud, man. Yeah, it, it was absolutely lit in there, but, um, I'm not sure if there was strange things going on but at the very least the crew were more than up to the task for it they put in the first i think was it the first two goal or the first two goals before the red card there was a red card in this game where nycfc's callum uh elbowed justin miram in the face he he sized him up and elbowed him in the face he, he looked back saw him coming lifted his elbow smack in the face that was gonna be a red card any day of the week yeah uh, wasn't called initially on the field. Was called as a foul, but uh, went to VAR and they got the right call for sure. Deserved red. He's out for the next leg. We should also mention this happened in the second half, where the assist, the, the fourth official had come onto the pitch as the referee because original referee, um, kind of Alan Kelly. Alan Kelly was ill and had to could not continue officiating. So when the VAR was being called, there was some question about who the new ref was talking to because technically you'd confer with the fourth official. Well, that and it also seemed as though his headset wasn't necessarily working. Like, he actually had to run over and get a standard walkie-talkie. Really? Yeah. So, so it might have been they were sorting out the comms issues. They might have been sorting out who the hell was supposed to be looking. Yeah, so at this point, the, the score is still 1-0 with the crew's defense looking a bit shaky, but generally with the crew getting more chances. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the story of the game, just that NYC could not finish for the life of them. Shots off the woodwork, shots three, four yards wide. Villa did get his goal. Unfortunately, it came after the crew had put three into his, yeah. his net. Uh, and then finally, yeah, Harrison awful with an absolutely amazing run. The opposite of awful, going through Harrison, just, fantastic, more or less. just scythes through the New York City defense and makes them all look silly and just finishes easily for the fourth goal. And just just go watch the highlight; it is fantastic. So let's just remind you: with this game ending four one, New York City needs at least three goals in the next game. If they, if they get the three goals and they prevent Columbus from scoring, then they have the away goal. But uh, I I think it's going to be pretty tough luck for for NYCFC. That being said, it's still going to be tough. Uh, everyone knock on wood for uh, Columbus and all of that. Is, is this wood? A lo- lot of fun. A lot of fun watching this game. After, you know, those disappointments of some of these draws, this was a really good game to watch. Let's now move to a segment that we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we make like Egyptians talk about the pyramids that they had and how... Uh, the U.S. soccer scene and other soccer leagues have co-opted this this magnificent structure. First up in a recurring segment that I have many times said has my favorite sound cue, NES Armageddon 2017. We're not actually going to talk about 
about the NASL and their lawsuit against U.S. soccer because by the chance that you listen, that time that you listen to this, a judge will have ruled on whether to put in an injunction. All I will say is that there's news about just how much money NASL teams have lost this year. And it is not an insignificant amount. So among the various bombshells that came out during the hearing today, North Carolina FC are confirmed to be joining USL. San Francisco Deltas are apparently folding. Or this iteration, according to Nippon, is folding. Who knows what might come afterwards? Yeah, the because... The San Francisco Undeltas. <laughs> the Betas? That wouldn't be a good name for a sports team. No, no, no. Um, uh, it, neither new NASL team was approved as compliant for D2 standards in front of the um, pro-sanctioning committee, despite the fact that apparently they meet the net worth requirements. Um, the average loss that NASL teams are running this year is apparently upwards of $5 million. Yeah. The top loss is eleven million. The deltas are losing eight million. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, just if you if you want to check this out, go read sock takes. Go read Nippon. Go read Neil ha- uh, Morris. And um, surprisingly, know, you make up your own mind. Yeah, a, a surprisingly thorough. Not quite a transcript, but um, some very good court notes from Midfield Press, actually. Midfield Press yeah. and Chris Clevihan. How do you pronounce his last name? I'm, uh, Chris something. I never say it out loud. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so go, go check out what they posted. Make up your own mind. I'm getting tired of talking about this. And ASL playoffs, so let's talk about um, the playoff picture. So we got Miami FC going up against North Carolina, Texas Ranger. Um, as well as the Deltas going up against Fuck the Cosmos. So you could possibly see an ASL final in which both teams are no longer in the league at the end of the season. Uh, but let's be honest, Miami's going to win. Yeah, Miami's <laughs> going to win. I They did clinch the fall title between our last episode and this one. Yeah, I would not at all be surprised to see a Miami Cosmos final, which would just be fucking fantastic now, wouldn't it? See, but unlike Anthony Precord, who couldn't stand his team winning, he looked like he was like, Joe, basically, I've made a huge mistake. He's I, the owner from Major League. <laughs> so so Rock, I think in this, Rocco and Ricardo Silva would actually look happy at their teams. Winning USL playoffs, y'all. We got two conference finals to tell you about. Yep, uh, so Park Rangers versus OTC Energy, and then... In the West, we have Louisville City versus New York Red Bulls, too. If New York Red Bulls and Swill Park win, it'll be a, just a repeat of last year's final. I'm and just I'm just going to make a guess here. Yes. Um, pretty sure that we've got those conferences flipped around, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you know that... <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just going to be very stubborn on this. and I, I didn't know. help out with the notes at all this week. I was greeting trick-or-treaters for the most part. Yeah. So. Uh, did you know that apparently USL takes place in the Upside Down? <laughs> See, it's a Halloween theme. I did on purpose. Aha! <laughs> I think it's a pretty obvious choice who to cheer for in the USL playoffs. Let's, yep. let's, let's go, you independent teams. Okay, let's now move into a segment that we call The Sewer. In the sewer segment, we talk about our Ninja Turtles and tease the national teams. What we got this week to talk about, y'all? Um, so, it was announced that uh, Dave Sarachin is going to coach the U.S. men's national team in their friendly against Portugal next month. Um, he was the lead assistant under Bruce Arena for 
basically forever. Fantastic. Okay. This is change we can believe in. This is an Thanks, interim Obama. head coach. <laughs> um, and then the U.S. women's national team, meanwhile, have some friendlies against Canada coming up. A um, couple of notable call-ups for Adriana French, the NWSL Keeper of the Year for Portland. First call-up in 11 months. And Chiyama Ubagagu from the Chicago Red Stars has really been pushing really hard for a call-up. Finally gets one. Good for her. Also, I have to report that Sam Allardyce reportedly said he doesn't know much about the U.S. men's national team, but would still be interested in being the coach. Of course he would. Because that's Sam. Speaking of Sam Allardyce, let's take a flight over to England and jump into one of those nice little pubs that they have there to talk about soccer from England in a segment that we call The Pub. Which pub are we going to this week, guys? This we're going to the terrible store bar. On the nose. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Let's move on to the games. Uh, first off, before we get to our theme, uh, I have to say, Liverpool beat Huddersfield 3-0. I was worried about this game because at halftime it was 0-0. Mo Salah missed the penalty, and then after the game was taken off penalty duties by Jurgen Klopp. Uh, so second half goals by Sturridge, Firmino, and Wijnaldum saved Salah's blushes. All right. Well, and this was the game that everyone was like, best man against best man. Mentor versus mentee. Friend versus friend. And, you know, that that didn't really turn out to be a challenge for Liverpool. No, I think Liverpool Liverpool made it a challenge for themselves. (laughs) How to show them one shot on goal. Although I was I was like wondering if this game would even like. What would happen with like basically the two gig and press teams going against each other? <laughs> now you know. Okay, uh, ours uh, got two goals against uh, Swans. So when I heard on Friday from CNN that there were indictments coming on Monday, I just knew Aaron Ramsey was bound to score because he kills someone every single time he does. Previously, it was Ronald Koeman's career, and this time, <laughs> obviously, it's Paul Manafort. Okay. I, I'm not making any speculations on what his charges are going to result in as far as sentencing, but... Okay, Manchester United <laughs> beat Tottenham 1-0 in the turn of the marquee matchup of the weekend. But that doesn't matter. Game doesn't matter. All we need to know about is the shots heard around the world. With Mourinho turning to the cameras on the sideline and giving the shush <laughs> motion. Also, I, I don't like Mourinho, but sometimes he's a fucking baller. Also, after this game, Mourinho coming out and saying, the fans don't support Lukaku, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? They don't? They were fighting to sing absurd, like, racist songs about him because they apparently supported him so much the, earlier. I mean, like, nobody knew anything about Lukaku not getting support about, from the fans until Mourinho came and said this, like, resentful take about... Also, why I is mean, he criticizing the fans after winning? What, what is what? To be fair, though, Lukaku, according to that song, definitely needs a lot of support. Okay, uh, there's Damn nothing it. more we can add to that. Uh, let's move on to Leicester. Playing. I told you there would be dick jokes. Okay, Leicester <laughs> playing Everton. Leicester getting two goals. First match for Claude Puel. Everyone's saying, ah. Claude Puel. Yeah, there we go again. Terrible soccer. It's going to be awful. Leicester getting two goals, though. So, yeah, uh, I don't understand where that came from. He coached Southampton last year, and they finished, what, eighth? 
seventh or eighth, and that's kind of what you expect that Southampton is to finish there, and he was fired for it. I think they were, one it, year. it was the the, the 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 brand of soccer that apparently comes with them. Not in this game though. No. Everton are in eighteenth place. There's just some terrible toffees. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it's 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 nice. I, I like. Are they are they, are they going to get relegated? I sure as hell hope so. That'd be great. I mean, uh, I gotta be honest. As much as I hate Tottenham, I don't know if I ever want to go a year without a North London derby. Like, uh, do you really want Everton to be relegated? I think that's a pretty easy question. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> it's really great when I can pull up the EPL table on my phone and have to scroll down to see Everton. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, in the shock result of the weekend, Manchester City playing West Brom, who managed to get two goals. Who knew that yeah. this was possible? City still won this game. Yeah, City still won. But yeah, West Brom well. scored two goals. West Brom <laughs> scoring more than one goal is, any, is surprising in itself. But against Man City, who's been on such a run, it's even more surprising. Uh, don't see the cracks in the armor just yet. They're, they still put three in. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to say. Champions are left 10 games in. I mean, the pundits were furiously after this game being like, well... Are we sure City can still go and win the title in like, yes. defense? <laughs> yes, we're sure they have the ability to. Hey, uh, one bit of news speaking of defense that I missed talking about earlier when we were talking Liverpool. Jason Lovgren yeah. going off injured in the uh, uh, pre-game warm-ups. Yep. Um, Radnar Klavan, best name, subpar defender coming in for him. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got to be a subpar defender to be in Liverpool's. Hey, oh, that hurt. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's now go into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer. In brackets, some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world. First up, La Liga, where there was a huge upset, which also had political ramifications, which I'll get to after we actually talk about the score. Um, Girona 2-1 victors over Real Madrid. First time ever in La Liga that uh, those two teams played. Girona, newly promoted team. Yeah, newly promoted. It's a fantastic result for them. Absolutely amazing. Speechless. Yeah, no superlatives will make this, you know, put this into words for. Girona fans, they should just save every moment of this game. The, the, the players kind of collapsed onto the pitch. They had been giving so much effort to this game. Also, Sid Lowe on the Football Weekly podcast mentioning how Girona is one of the most Catalan of towns in Catalonia. And so the independence movement, very strong there. It's the uh, home of um, Carlos Puigdemont. The... And Girona is his team. He's yep. the exiled or deposed or legally removed depending on your point of view uh former leader of catalonia and rajoy the prime minister or president of spain i forget if they are um prime minister prime minister of spain who calls real madrid his team so this this kind of was one of those it was meant to be right well let's not i i don't know (laughs) i uh i'm not going to talk i'm the only one that's able to talk subnational politics on this oh i i have enough opinions i'm just not going to express them here let's now move into all the stick to sports people just like spooged when i said that right now um (laughs) (laughs) the first time spooge has been said on our our show i'm pretty sure okay that's surprising given that i'm on this show true enough let's talk about uh champions league where roma beat chelsea three nil today uh any of you see Stefan Al-Sharavi with a, with a brace in this game his first goal is an absolute banger for Roma 
ended for them too. That really puts a damper on Atletico's chances of getting through. Even putting a bigger damper on their chances is tying Carabaj again. They tied uh, 1-1. Atletico had 11 shots on target to Carabaj's three. Both teams had a man sent off Carabaj in the 59th minute and Atletico in the 88th. Um, their qualification for the Champions League knockout rounds is looking very slim. Uh, third place in Euro knockouts. They'll, they'll probably play Arsenal in the Euro knockout rounds. God damn it. <laughs> it's either them or Bayern. You also have to look at another huge shock result. Olympiacos managing to hold Barca to a draw. We forgot to mention earlier when we talked about La Liga that uh, Real Madrid are now eight points adrift from Barcelona, a deficit that they have never previously come back to win the title from. But there is some conversation about how Barcelona are not as good a team as their points suggest. And this result against Olympiacos, perhaps one bit of evidence about that. Yeah, um, great result for Olympiacos. Another kind of shock result in this, this league, today's Champions League fixtures. Uh, Sporting tying Juventus 1-1. Um, a lot of the big name teams today um just didn't get it done fell short and only took a point let's talk really quick about Serie A where Milan fell to Juventus this past weekend their horrific run of form continues despite having taken over Kiev I also want to talk about um Benevento for a moment because there's an interesting bit of uh, bit of happening Benevento was a in, in ancient times, there was a place called Malventum, which means bad town. And then the Romans won a victory against Pyrrhus, the Greek ruler who came and invaded, you know, Pyrrhic victory, uh, he of the Pyrrhic victory, Pyrrhus. So they defeated Pyrrhus in Malventum, after which the town was named Beneventum, which is basically town of good things. Uh, today's Benevento, same as Beneventum of the past. However, the team Benevento doing a pretty malvento in Serie A. They have, I believe, played 11 games this year and lost every single one. Benevento becoming a byword for doing terribly. They should just change their name. To Malvento? Yeah, exactly. That's how they're playing right now. True enough, true enough. Also, if you want more ancient Rome uh, soccer takes, let me know. I will, I will happily oblige. Yes, let him know. Yes. Not yes. The guys let's, in this uh, let Notch Carlin know. What happened? <laughs> any 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 Bundesliga happenings? Um, I did see that there was that young team of the week, which included both Pulisic and Weston McKinney. Yeah, Weston McKinney has been starting a few games for Schalke. Keep an eye out for him in the next call up for the men's national team against Portugal. Uh, I think Pulisic is kind of a lock for that call up. I see, I see. Um, really quick, when we look at the results from this past week. Um, Hanover 96 beating Dortmund 4-2. Bayern getting the win against RB Leipzig 2-0. So some 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 happenings. Happenings from some from the Bundesliga. With that, now it's time to move into a segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory you know you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So I'm not sure if you guys caught the Sheffield United Queen's Park Rangers game today. The big uh, <laughs> moment. I caught a little bit of it. Yeah, you probably caught uh, this one play. Uh, it was early on in the game when the uh, Sheffield goalkeeper, Jamal Blackman, was coming out to try and get a save. And 
directly clatters into Cameron Carter Vickers, the young American center back, possibly whose name sounds like a World War II airplane engine company. Indeed, indeed. Um and Blackman just went completely flying when he ran into Carter Vickers, and yet CCV just kind of walked off without a scratch as if nothing had happened. Um, Is is he unbreakable? Well, here's the thing. I was very curious to figure out how somebody can be run into like that, and yet just nothing happens to him. Turns out... You know where Cameron Carter Vickers lives? Uh-huh. He lives just outside of Cambridge. The same place that has a newspaper that seems to get news 25 minutes before it happens. Uh, okay. Keep going, I'm please. fairly certain that somebody tipped off the newspaper 25 minutes in that Cameron Carter Vickers was going to be struck by a magic goalkeeper. Uh-huh. So they notified him, and he just knew to stand as firm as possible until it happened. I, I'm i still going to go with my theory that he is unbreakable. No, I'm, I'm fairly he is, certain... He is Bruce Willis. I'm fairly certain that if you look at the Cambridge Post's phone records you're going to see something from the mexican or the mexico city cia office if, if i'm not, just saying uh-huh i'm just saying okay you're, but but you're not saying what you're saying what you're saying no no saying, i'm not saying saying i'm actually saying okay yeah. like look at the phone records there is going to be something look from the cia learn it out learn it out, y'all. learn it out hey i just want to possibly ask. in fact involving um some human operatives okay Okay, Caleb, a uh, question for you. If M. Night Shyamalan was indeed writing the scripts for the uh, English championship, uh, w- would going from Hollywood blockbuster, perhaps two, to that be, be a move up or a move down, you think? From his last movie, move down from the almost rest of his career, definitely move up. Okay. What was the last movie? Uh, Split. You actually liked it? it was, I thought it was really good. Really? Yeah. Did it have a twist? It yeah, it did. It, well, it I don't. Spoiler alert! Seriously, it ties into Unbreakable, which is okay, fantastic. And there's going to be a third movie that ties them both together. See, if people hadn't left because of our terrible puns and all the other the dick jokes and whatever else we were going on, now they just have a movie spoiled for them. So perfect. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Really quick, let's record this so we can splice it in earlier. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. Where can they find you guys? I'm at kolson716 on Twitter. You can also find some of my writing at 55.1. You can find me at TWO United Fans. You can also find this podcast posted on 55.1 and find podcast providers everywhere. Apparently, a Stitcher feed is giving us some trouble. I'm going to try to fix it, but uh, no promises that that will be fixed by the time you listen to this. So hopefully you're finding it elsewhere. With that, we do bid you goodbye. We will return next week for another action-packed episode of We Call It Soccer. Take it easy, everyone.